Oh. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Access. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, really glad to see all of you today. It's just, it's kind of been a crazy week, hasn't it? Um, but it's, it's really important that we gather like this today. Uh, my name is John. I serve as one of the pastors here. And um, yeah, I hope you guys had some interesting conversations about the things that you have lost. Um, I recently heard about someone who uh, lost uh, an iPhone. Um, she had uh, purchased a brand new iPhone, paid for it in full, uh, and put it in her pocket. Uh, but then as she was walking along the sidewalk, uh, the thing popped out and fell, not onto the ground, but into a sewer grate. So <laughs> plop, and her new iPhone was gone, just like that. Um, Last week, we began a conversation called Life in the In-Between, where we're grappling with change, loss, and hope during this time that is very much an in-between time, an in-between season. And um, last Sunday, I pointed to the fact that in-between has some specific uh, you know, markers, that in-between is uh, that it means transition, and that Transition often entails change. And that whenever you experience change, change is often accompanied by loss. And loss can be overwhelming unless we cling to hope. Um, last Sunday, we grappled with the changes that you and I are experiencing in this season of life. And today, I want us to grapple with the losses that we have suffered during this pandemic. So would you join me in prayer as we talk about this today? God, we bring ourselves before you in whatever state we find ourselves today, whether, that, whether we're doing well, whether we're just barely here. And we thank you that your spirit is gracious and you meet us in all those spaces in between. And so, God, I want to ask that you would speak to us this morning. Help us to hear you. In Christ's name, amen. So before I talk about loss, I want to acknowledge the challenge of this message. Because um, I definitely think there's a place to talk about loss, right? To grapple with, you know, how does loss intersect with our faith? How do these things interact? Uh, to think about and to delve into um, the losses that we experience and then to bring them before the scriptures and to allow the scriptures to speak words of both challenge and comfort to us. There's a place for all that, and that's particularly true for a church like ours. Um, and at the same time, I, I realize, though, that there's a difference between what is truthful and what is helpful. And I, I hope that everything I say is truthful, but uh, there's a part of me that wonders whether it will be helpful. Because I know that when we go through loss, like when you're in the thick of loss, sometimes the last thing you need is more words, right? Sometimes the last thing you need is someone telling you uh, how to think about loss or what to feel about loss. Something, sometimes the last thing you need is a sermon. And what we, you actually need, what we actually need in those times of loss is for someone who is just willing to get into the abyss, right? To get into that 
hole that loss feels like and just to be there with us. And through wordless presence to embody God's love and grace, comfort, to embody God's presence. And so that's the tension I'm feeling as I talk about this topic because I know people are going through all sorts of things. And so if that's you this morning, you know, and you're in a place where you're like, I, sermon, not so helpful. I just ask for grace, you know, and understanding. I want to acknowledge that. At the same time, I want to, you know, talk about this, and we want to press in. We want to be a church that confronts these things that we are facing. And so uh, I ask the question, what have you lost? What have you lost? Uh, there are a lot of different ways a person can answer that question. And that, that discussion starter that we began with was just meant to be kind of a light entree into this conversation to help us think about the things that we have lost, like, you know, keys, wallets, iPhones. Uh, that can be a major headache, right? These can be a major inconvenience if you lose your wallet. Uh, but by and large, I'm guessing the things that we discussed uh, are things that are replaceable. You know, you can eventually replace it. But what has made this pandemic so, so difficult, challenging on every side, is that many of the things that we have lost are irreplaceable. When I walk around our neighborhood, uh, I often see yard signs that say, uh, congratulations, class of 2020 or 2021. And in those moments I see those signs, um, I'm filled with a lot of empathy because I think about all the experiences that our students have lost over the course of this pandemic. The, the proms, the, the games, the football games, the informal hanging out, the uh, clubs that gather together, just all the things that students would normally do if life were a little bit more normal. And those things, a lot of those things have been taken away. Um, and so uh, students, those of you who are here, I just want to acknowledge that. And I want to commend your resilience. You have been fantastic and amazing trying, going through all the different transitions that you have. Um, I think about the couples who have gotten married during COVID. <laughs> you know, ceremonies that were supposed to be in faraway exotic places, beautiful island places, and instead, all those plans were nixed or canceled or changed at the last minute. And so often a lot of couples had to, instead of that, have, you know, have their weddings in hot and humid Houston or on Zoom. How many of y'all have attended like, some sort of Zoom wedding or something like that? Yeah, a, a handful of us, right? And, and let me be extremely clear. Uh, those weddings, whether you know, in Houston or on Zoom, were truly beautiful. You know, God was there. I mean, that's, that is the power that speaks to the power of love and that it transcends medium. But we also have to acknowledge that there was loss there, right? The loss of these, like, visions and plans of the perfect day. I think about a friend who's in the oil and gas industry, um, you know, whose, co whose company has, over the pandemic, laid off hundreds, if not thousands, of employees. 
uh, he was spared. Uh, but in order to preserve that job, he ended up needing to take uh, an assignment in Louisiana, so two hours away from his family. And so while he lived there on the weekends, his family would, you know, they would take turns driving two hours or so to see one another. Um, and that was extremely, you know, obviously challenging to be away from his family like that, uh, for them to be separated. And so this upcoming year, the whole family's moving to Louisiana. And so a change uh, in jobs has led to a cascade effect of losses, right? The kind of losses that come when you have to suddenly, and not because you chose to, uproot your, your family and move. And that makes me think about the loss of connections, the loss of community that we've experienced during the pandemic. Um, yes, I am really grateful for technology platforms like Zoom, you know, that have made it possible for us to connect in ways that wouldn't have even been possible five years ago. I don't want to belittle that. I've been extremely grateful for that. Um, and at the same time, we all know that that's different from sitting across the table with a cup of coffee or great food and just being able to just catch up and, uh, you know, not have a time-bound thing to your meeting. Um, the types of connections have changed, and there have been very significant losses. And I'm also acutely aware that during the pandemic, those losses of connections have been amplified. The feelings of loneliness and isolation have been amplified for everyone, but especially those who live alone, right? So while we have this pandemic, there's also this pandemic of mental health crisis, of loneliness and isolation. And even as we celebrate the inclusion of new mission partners, so Isaac, Alexis, Seth, I am so overjoyed that y'all are joining our community and your families are. We are so grateful for that. And at this very same time, I'm also thinking about a conversation I just had with someone uh, who told me that during the pandemic, they were really grappling with their sense of disconnection from this faith community, right, from this faith village. Uh, and that they had decided that, you know, although they really had appreciated their time at Access, that they would be moving on to a different church. So I, I understood where they were coming from. I, I blessed that person. And I felt a lot of loss. I felt a lot of loss. And perhaps the most challenging of all, right, the most devastating of all, has been the passing of loved ones, of friends and family members. Um, our world, and by our, I mean like our community and the world too, uh, lost two spiritual giants during the pandemic. Um, this is a picture of Pastor Ed Lee and his wife, Alice. Pastor Ed was the lead pastor at Mosaic Community Covenant Church, uh, a sister church of ours, part of the ECC. Uh, he married and officiated the wedding of Grace and me, and he was a mentor figure to us and to so, so many people. Um, several months ago, he suffered a stroke and fell, and um, yeah, he never came out of that. And so he passed away on May 27th, 2021. We lost a hero of the faith. 
This is Pastor Estella Lynn. She was the pastor of family ministries at West Houston Chinese Church, which is the church that Axis was planted out from. Um, and she's the mother of Phoebe Wong, one of our core members here at Access. Uh, pastor Estella was a trailblazer as one of the first female pastors in the Chinese-American community here in Houston. And she served tireless, tirelessly, faithfully, and passionately as a minister of the gospel for decades. She passed away on June 15th, 2021. We celebrate and we honor the, the, the legacies of these individuals. We celebrate them. They were heroes of the faith. And we do take comfort. We take comfort that they are now in the eternal embrace of their creator God that they get to see Jesus face to face. And at the same time, we continue to grieve their loss. We grieve their loss. So I want to ask the same question, but maybe in a slightly different way. Not what have you lost, but what have we lost? What have we collectively lost? lost during the pandemic. Not just what you as an individual, but thinking broader than that. What have we as a community and as a society lost? Because I think that's the only possible way we can make it to the other side of this without just falling apart, is if we stand together and fulfill what Scripture says is bearing the collective weight of the losses that we have incurred and help one another carry those burdens together. And so with the utmost care and concern, we want to hold these losses in our trembling hands. We don't pretend that they aren't there. We don't ignore the losses that we have experienced. We don't try to sugarcoat them or just you know, throw cliches at them. We hold them tenuously, and with whatever, you know, strength or energy we can muster. And we hear the words of Scripture, written so many years ago, yet living and active according to the Spirit of God, and we ask God, God, what would you have me know? What, does, what do you have to say about all these losses that just keep piling up in our hands. This is what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians. That we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. 
For we who are alive are always being given over to, the de- to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us a weight of glory that far outweighs them all. So then we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul uses an image that I've always been really drawn to, the image of treasure in jars of clay. What is that image meant to convey? What is that image trying to say to us? I think this. A treasure in a jar of clay is something extremely valuable, housed in something extremely vulnerable. What's a jar of clay? I'll tell you what it isn't. It's not a steel-enforced, reinforced cage. Uh, It's not, you know, carbon fiber molding. It's not even a one-gallon Ziploc freezer bag which is extremely useful in preventing leaks in your refrigerator or your freezer. A jar of clay, it may be beautifully and meticulously crafted by a master potter, but the very nature of its materials makes it something that is susceptible. Susceptible to chips, to breaks, to cracks, It makes it something that is porous. Porous to rain, porous to UV rays, porous to viruses and to cancer and to disease. Diseases that don't just infect marrow and blood, but the heart and soul as well. Once every four years, the world gathers, this time in Tokyo, to celebrate the miracle and strength and competence of the human body. So flipping, twirling, soaring, leaping, cutting through air and water, these feats of human strength, they cause us to marvel, and they make us think that we are unstoppable. But it masks the reality that our bodies are not made of steel, They're not made of gold or silver or bronze. We are, as scripture says, earthen vessels. And so the Ashton Wednesday proclamation is true. From dust you came, to dust you shall return. We are jars of clay. But that's not the whole story, of course. We understand human life and the human body to be a work of art that bears the image of God in the totality of our existence. 
So our, our, just the, the intricacy and the complexity of the way we are created, it bears image to God. Um, but ever since the fall of humankind, what was created as a work of art has also become a work of frailty. What was created as a work of art has also, because of human sin, become a work of frailty. And frailty of our bodies and of our very existence makes us vulnerable to loss. And it also makes for a very unexpected container for treasure. Paul writes, we have this treasure, treasure in jars of clay. And this treasure is not financial or monetary, and yet it far exceeds all the wealth of this world. Our treasure is the priceless gift of Jesus, the divine and earthly united who brings salvation and forgiveness and redemption and life eternal. This is why Paul writes, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed, because we have a treasure. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. And so the frailty of our human bodies, it makes us vulnerable to loss, but the treasure of Jesus that comes to us through faith in him ensures that we won't be overcome by loss. And that distinction is central. It is so critical to our understanding of spiritual formation. There are many who have departed from God, from Jesus, from the whole Christian faith because there was this expectation that trusting in God meant having an insurance policy protecting us from loss. But the scriptures over and over again, they don't say this. In fact, they say the opposite. Jesus said the opposite. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. You will experience loss. And so God doesn't shield us from all the losses that come with human frailty. Um, instead of protecting us from frailty, God did something wholly unexpected. God came to us in the person of Jesus, and he inhabited our frailty. He wore it as his own. And then in the ultimate sacrificial act, Jesus surrendered to human frailty on a Roman cross. But the event that changed everything happened on the third day. On the third day, Jesus rose again, showing that human frailty and loss that they don't get to have the final word. They will give way to the hope 
of new life. And that is why 1 Corinthians 15 has this exaltation. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, the gospel changes everything, and it has stripped lost of its finality. Jesus did indeed say, in this world you will have trouble. But that's not the full quotation, because then he said, but be of good cheer. Rejoice. Take heart because I have overcome the world. And that's the tension of our faith. On this side of heaven, you will have trouble. It just comes with being human. Being a Christian, following Jesus, giving your life to him doesn't change any of that. It is a part of the human experience. On this side of heaven, our frail bodies will make us susceptible to the pain of loss. But somehow, you know, mysteriously, miraculously, inexplicably, we have this power to be able to rejoice on this side of heaven. To rejoice because he has overcome. To rejoice because Jesus descends into the abyss with us. To rejoice because sin and death and loss are not final. Life, redemption, faith, hope, and love, these things are final. These things are eternal. You have this treasure in jars of clay. In Christ, you are vulnerable, yet infinitely safe. As we grapple with the weight of loss after loss in our own lives, in the lives of those around us, we remember that loss isn't a sign of God failing us. It's a sign of our frailty. We remember that loss, no matter how painful and great, has lost its power to destroy us because it tried to destroy Jesus, but Jesus has overcome. And he bears our losses with us. So we name the losses and we recognize their limits. And then we grieve, we give thanks, and we grieve again. Jenny and I went to college together. Um, she was also a mentor figure to me. I was a freshman, she was a senior, and she just, she just helped me uh, get acclimated. She was a source of a lot of wisdom and advice. This is her husband, Mike. Uh, he was admitted to the hospital on January 1st after he uh, developed COVID. And after a very hard-fought battle, 
Uh, many, many surgeries. Uh, Mike passed away on February 20th, 2021. Jenny has been chronicling um, her journey, uh, her process of grief uh, in a very, um, very vulnerable way and very authentic way. So she's been posting just her thoughts and gosh, sometimes reading it, it's heart-wrenching. It's like really heart-wrenching. Other times it's extremely hopeful. Um, uh, but regardless, it's always just extremely true, extremely raw and honest. I so appreciate her doing this. Uh, and I asked her if it would be okay for me to share one of her posts with us this morning, and she, she said, yeah, totally. She's been doing this to offer words of, I guess, comfort and perspective for other people who are experiencing grief of their own. And she wrote this on June 29th. We have lost so much this year in losing Mike. A husband, a sibling, a best friend, a son, a nephew, a cousin, a father, a coach, a neighbor. The list of loss is endless. It has almost decimated us. But I have also gained this treasure a deeper, closer, more authentic relationship with Mike's brother, Jeremy, and his wife, Leticia. Behind Mike's COVID crisis management team were these two superstars who led me, fed me, guided me, and even launched the feeding for months of the entire ICU care team at St. Luke's in the Woodlands. I will never be able to repay them for what they have done for the kids and me. And the good thing is, I don't need to, because they are my family. We will keep moving forward together in mutual love and respect, a moving forward together with survivor's hope. Today, we got to cycle together. Today, we got to grieve together. Today, we missed Mike together. Grief, you don't get to take it all. You just don't. Grateful for family days, Jenny. This post highlights something I briefly touched upon at the beginning of this message and has to be included in a conversation about loss and faith. Because the only thing that could have made, uh, that could have been more devastating for Jenny and her family in what they experienced was going through that alone. But through it all, through the whole just awful ordeal, she was literally surrounded by the love of God and fleshed in friends, family, and the church. So let us be the church to one another, not just in times of plenty, but also in times of grief. Let us be the church, not just when we worship, but when we grieve. And let us be the church that reminds one another that we do not lose heart. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, I pray, I pray that during this space we might be able to hear your voice, Lord to hear what you have to say to us. 
So I'm going to just give us the next 30 seconds in silence just to bring the losses that we are present to and to ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me know about these losses? What do you want me to know this morning? So let's sit together and pause for a brief moment. Gracious God, this morning we confess that we are but treasures, that we are jars of clay. We thank you, God, for giving us the treasure of your son, Jesus. Amen. Friends, let's rise, and together as a church, let us say our sending prayer as we leave from here and go out into the world being the message of hope and love. Loving God, through all our years, let the church be a community where we learn about love and practice it, where we envision peace and work to build it, where we meet partners in faith who wish to abandon everything that cheapens our discipleship, where we discover gifts and offer them. May your spirit guide us towards joy and generosity. In Jesus' name, in the way of Jesus, amen. Friends, uh, thank you for being here today. Um, if you're visiting with us, love to just chat with you at the meet and greet. And please come back next week as we look at hope uh, and grapple with that together. Um, blessings today.